Listen up or run for cover. Dropping knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. The, the real Bradley Bombs is dropping. What it is, Bradley, back again with another episode of Dropping Bombs. Today in the studio, folks, I've got a real treat for you. Her name is Jessica J.D. What's happening? Sir, thank you so much for having me. Well, I would be crazy if I didn't snatch you out of the Las Vegas area and bring you in while you were here. So happy to be here. Thank you. Now, if you guys never heard of her, she's basically an investor, author, speaker, coach, high-level strategy consultant to CEOs, visionaries, and entrepreneurs who are eagerly trying to scale their business. That's basically right. a life coach, almost, because yes, you, you, do, you do all kinds of stuff. All of it. I say life, love, business, strategy. Doesn't mean I'm an expert, but it means that I dabble in all of them. Yeah. And so when people have problems, they mm. reach out to you. Hopefully. So if anyone's listening and you're thinking, man, I need a coach, I need a mentor, I need someone to hold me accountable to scale my business, fall in love, work out relationship issues, any of that. Yes, sir. Absolutely. They would call Jessica JD. They would. They would. Now, folks, if you want to find her on Instagram at Jessica.jay.dee, Jessica JD, you can Google her too. You'll find her. I'm out there. I'm in the I'm in the interwebs. You've also spent 12 years in the Marines. Active duty Marine Corps, 2002 to 2014. How was it? You know, some of the best years of my life, I would say. Yeah. Very proud of it. I actually enjoyed my service. I had a wonderful time in the Corps. I did. I did. <laughs> I bet you did. I did. It was it was being a woman for sure was interesting in the boys' club, if you will. But I would say that being held accountable and measured up against them made me a better woman. And when you first go into the military, especially in the greatest fighting force that the United States or the world has in the Marines, it's almost like when you're feminine, when you're a little bit more feminine than what you'd expect, it's almost like there's more weight on your shoulders because it's like, oh, well, if she was a little bit more manly, if she was a little bit more masculine, you know, no makeup, no lashes, no nails, it's almost more expected. And so when I was in civilian attire, people would say, oh, wait, you're a Marine. You don't look like a female Marine. I'm like, well, what does a female Marine look like? So it was just, it was interesting going through that. And at the very beginning, I would try to compensate with my leadership. I would try to act like the boys did. And I'd be like, oh, well, he's yelling. He's loud. He's assertive. That's what I got to do because that's what works for him. And I realized that as time went on and on, I had to grow into my own femininity. And that was what my leadership really needed in order to work. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you and then you learned project management, neurolinguistics, organizational leadership, etc., mm-hmm. etc., et human behavior. W- where'd you get that? When I got out of the Marine Corps. So I left in 2014. I was 30, and I thought to myself, "Well, I always kind of wanted to work for myself. I have no idea what I want to do, how I'm going to get into it." And so I thought, "Well, I was always good at event planning. Might as well found a company." And so I did. I went and got certified in hospitality management and in event planning, floral design, and I incorporated my first company as a wedding and event planner out of the Marine Corps, total 180. And so when I did that and it was successful for the first couple of years, I thought, well, maybe this isn't exactly what I want to do, but I really loved 
the business aspect of it because I learned it all myself. I incorporated it and got a little bit of advice, but for the most part, figured out how to run a company. Had my employees 1099s and had a good college internship program going. And it's like, this is amazing. Why don't other people know how to do this? This is a good moneymaker. So I helped other clients trying to figure out, just as friends, I'd be like, you want to incorporate a company? I think I know how to do it. And let's go through the steps. And then I did it five or six times. And I thought, why am I not doing this? I should be a business coach. I should help future entrepreneurs try to figure this out. So that's what got me into business development. And then I thought, hmm, project management. Let me go to school for it. Figure it out. It can translate to anything, Mm. anything. So that's kind of how that started. Human behavior was just because I was curious what makes them tick. And so if I was business coaching or doing consulting for organizational development, even for C-suite entrepreneurs, didn't matter what size it was, I realized that the leadership always boiled down to personality, patterns, behaviors, emotions. Doesn't it always? Mm -hmm. So last night, how was your behavior? I heard something happened. You went to jail. (laughs) I went to jail last night. And I got a three-hour nap before I came here, by the way, when I got released. I'll take it easy. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you for the coffee. That was very helpful. I um, I was detained last night for a little while and uh, walking around. I was the only one out of about, I want to say, 50 to 100 people that was around that didn't have a mask on at the time of where I was. And, and you, were, you were at a hotel. I was at a hotel that will be remained, that for now will remain nameless, I've got some legal counsel that has asked me not to state any specifics until advised, but I was not wearing a mask due to a couple of medical conditions that I have with a note also sharing that I have them, and I was asked to leave the property, and that ended up with me being detained, and I was not belligerent. Very respectful, video of it, the whole thing, but I actually was detained downstairs in a little secret holding area for about two or three hours and um, a police department two gentlemen not wearing masks by the way came and uh, took me and booked me so you were detained for not wearing a mask arrested for not wearing a mask and the people that arrested you and detained you weren't wearing a mask that's correct isn't that interesting? It is very interesting. My my attorney thinks it's interesting also. <laughs> so this is it's going to be in, it's just going to be interesting to watch this play out because they've assigned me a court date to appear in September of 2020. And so with all of that time that is passing and everything that we're hearing about masks and about is it constitutional, is it not constitutional, who has the right, when is it okay? You know, are these websites that we're really listening to, like the CDC and the WHO, what they're saying is that if you're having trouble breathing in a mask, it doesn't have to be a medical condition. If you're having trouble breathing, we recommend you don't wear one. And so it's like, well, if they're saying that, then then, but that that's not necessarily in alignment with what's going on in the cities and states and some of the governors and some of the businesses. So there's a lot of disconnect and there's no fluidity in what anybody's doing. And I think that that's what has Americans kind of confused, the world confused, really. Well, it hasn't confused the Chinese. They've been wearing masks forever. And they still get sick. Why do you think that is? You ever, you ever, see, the, you ever see the Chinese folks walking around with their masks? Mm-hmm. I used to think, you know, oh, wonder, wonder why they're wearing a mask. They don't want to get something. Like right. they don't want to breathe in the air we're breathing. Mm-hmm. Turns out, no, they're doing it supposedly. This is just hearsay. Out of respect mm-hmm. so they don't give other people what they have. So the question is, do the masks work? 
so I started to research, and apparently they all say no. They don't stop coronavirus Mm-mm. at all, in or out. So I'm always wondering, what's the advantage to getting people to wear masks? Well, if you're looking at the, the, the real science that's being shared, is that if you are coughing, or if there's projectiles or droplets, as they call it, then, then that will help. Because it's been determined that there's not really, it's not airborne. It doesn't like float in little air particles. And so just breathing normally like you and I are right now is not going to, based on what's been shared, spread it. And representatives have come out and said that asymptomatic individuals who even test positive for it are unlikely to spread it. It is very rare, quote, end quote. So what do you think all these governors are listening to? I want to get a copy of whatever they're reading because the public doesn't have it. We're not getting the information that they're getting. And if that's true, then their decisions are not in alignment with what we're getting. What do you think of the people that say, just put a fucking mask on, dude? It's not that hard, dude. My question is why? Well, because, dude. Just fucking put a mask on, Because everybody says we have to. Come on, dude. I know. It's that's, frustrating. That's what I read in a lot of these comments where people are like, you don't want a mask Mm -hmm. and then you know causes oxygen issues issues you know doctors wear them all day just wear a mask how hard can it be Mm -hmm. and and i'm always wondering what's the what's the correct response to that other than why right i don't know if there's a correct response depending on who's asking you i think what's what i get a lot of positive responses from is when you get some when there's a crowd and it's just psychological. We're herd animals, right? Humans love other. And so you're going to act different if you're on a stage full of a million people versus in a room full of 10 people versus if it's just you one-on-one with somebody, right? And that just it's all of us, mostly. If, if your behavior doesn't somehow change your actions. So when people are watching you and everyone else is doing something and you're, you're, you're being asked to do the same thing everyone else is doing, nine out of 10 people will do the exact same thing that the rest are doing. And Without so, question. You so the one person that's in there that's that's you're already taking on the nine or nine people because you're the one that's different. It doesn't matter what makes you different. You're the one that's different. You're going to be under scrutiny. You're going to be looked at, and you're going to be judged. Why are you choosing to be different? Why don't you just go along with the crowd? We teach our children as human beings from a very young age: don't get bullied, don't do peer pressure. This is a lot of really ridiculous peer pressure right now, and it's and it, and the peer pressure doesn't make sense. The numbers that are being reported don't make sense. What, what the peer pressure? What is the source of the peer pressure? And that's my question to those people. So when I get someone one on one and I talk to them, not, I would say it is very likely that they're like, "Huh, I never really thought about it that way." You're absolutely right. When I can talk to them and I can look them in the eye, we can have intelligent conversations. But when it's a group, you're ganged up on. You better nope. Put well, it, put a mask on. There's a study where if everybody's standing backwards in an elevator and you walk in. Mm-hmm. Most people will turn around and stand backwards with everybody else. Mm. You ever know, mm-hmm. you ever saw that study? No, you similar can, though. You can Google it. Uh-huh. The average person will fall in line. Absolutely. And I'm wondering, like, what's the advantage of wearing? Like, why are these governors? Most states are requiring masks because they're following suit. Are they doing it so they don't get sued? Because if you ask me, there's a, enough people causing problems where it's, it's going to get them sued to make it. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just make it a vote? I agree with that. I agree with that. Make it a vote for the people. Like, who gave the one person the the decision-making ability to, for to everybody. pick it for the masses? Yeah. 
And if they're publicly appointed officials, the people vote for who they are, then the people should get a say on the decisions that they make. And for whatever reason, we vote on bills for our states all the time. You hold city council meetings. In the city council meetings that are being held, people are complaining about the mandatory masks. Big but time. But they were never given the opportunity to vote on it, like you're saying. So why is that? Why didn't we get a say? Because if, if they're going to lean on the medical credibility, the medical, the, the medical data that's out there, it's in direct opposition. You can fight for the mask. You can fight against the mask. One's detrimental to spreading it to others. One's detrimental to your own individual health. So which is it? Is that why you're going on the Summer National Freedom Rally event? <laughs> the Summer National Freedom Rally event. Uh, oh, it's, is it a National Freedom Rally event? So it, it's, a nas- it's a traveling event that is going to be hosted and organized by myself and Dr. Cordy Williams, who is the Megaphone Marine, who I understand you had on Dropping Bombs a while back. Mm-hmm. He and I are partnering along with a couple of other celebrities, influencers, motivational speakers, musicians, vendors, venues even. Um, people who have no political agenda that just want to remind the American people, like, hey, listen, our country is something to be proud of. And just because we're going through some growing pains right now doesn't mean that we're not still growing. And we don't, the, the, the negativity that the world is seeing and that the United States is experiencing is not necessarily the, the true heart and the majority of how Americans feel. Most Americans love their country. They're proud to be American. They're proud to be here. They've served their, their United States in uniform, out of it. They're good people. They're compassionate people. And no one's really unifying if Those you, good people. If you were in a foreign country that you hated, what would mm-hmm. you do? Leave, right? I would leave. I would so say, would I. You know, I really, if I was pro-communism, pro-socialism, pro-anarchy, I would go somewhere where that's already kind of happening. I'd be like, oh, these are my people. I'm pretty happy now that I love all this stuff. Why are you in a state or a country that you're trying to change into something that already exists elsewhere? Why change it here? That's what makes us special. Well, well, you know the world is rooting for us. There are countries that are holding protests, rallies, and events, flying our flags, chanting USA, USA. They're wanting us to, to get our shit together. Pardon my language. They're wanting us to get it together. Yeah, but if I were like in Mexico or any country, and I hated the country, I hated the leadership, I hated the government, I hated the rules, I hated the people. I hated everything about it. I wouldn't sit there and fight them. I would leave the country like, hey, I thought you lived in such and such. Mm-hmm. I, I hated that place. I left. They're, they're so backwards over there. They're this, they're that. But I hated it. I, I, I had to get out of there. I would leave. How come everyone that doesn't like this country, why don't they just leave? You know, I think it's because everything is either financially, politically, or value virtue signaling driven in some way there's because brad if they hated it they would have already left if it was just about i don't like my country they would have been gone i personally think that the reason that they're sticking around and trying to fight for some sort of change or socialist agenda or to try to take down the current system is because they're going to get something out of it there is something else that is behind they're staying they're fighting they're being paid off and i'm I'm speculating here i don't know 
but they're they're if if they didn't like it and it was just about disliking America, they wouldn't be here. They wouldn't waste their time. So why are they wasting their time? What did they win? What did they get out of it? So the it's a golden nugget of some sort. They get something at the end. Something's being dangled in front of them. What is it? Hmm. And um, what do they achieve if America falls? What do they achieve if you know what? Add anything to the end there. Good Americans who want to preserve their way of life, and I was just speaking to Jeff about this out, outside earlier, is um, I believe that what is being, is attempted to be stricken from us is like in the movies, you know, when everything kind of goes dark and someone's about to pass on to the other side, and it's like a highlight reel, like all of your beautiful memories kind of go in front of you, and you see all of those little tiny moments that made life really special, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, this the, the being born, the light when you come into the world, a kid chasing after a lollipop, playing with your brother, your mom handing you something, you know, an embrace, having children, getting your first big job, whatever it is, that beautiful, this is what made life brilliant. This is what makes being human amazing. Americans get more highlight reel because of the way that our country has been founded. We get more opportunity to experience love and life and free enterprise and a good hard day at work and all of these other things. We have the freedom to do that where a lot of people don't. So we're the ones that get the most of the highlight reel for the world and people don't really realize that. So I was talking to Jeff and I said, Jeff, you know, I feel like what's happening is people are kind of that tunnel is closing in. Like you get less highlight reel. That's what I feel personally that socialism is. That's what communism is. I lived in a communist country for years. You know, I lived in Havana with the Marine Corps. How was that? oppressed sad what did they do um they the country itself um any propaganda that was in or out of the country they were in charge of and so um what you're seeing in the united states and censorship what do they want you to know what do they want the american people to know big tech media a lot of media and um so it's just interesting being there and going into the they call it Museo de la Revolución, the the Revolutionary Museum. And you go in there and there's propaganda about the Americans killed our crops, the Americans... Maybe you know, we did. Maybe we did. But um, also, maybe it was because Fidel didn't bring in good farmers. And, you know, it's... So you just... The way that something can be painted can influence an entire nation based on hate based on fear, based on greed, based on all of these things that we know it drives people mad. And so when you base something on truth and base something on authenticity and base something on free thinking and base something on asking questions and uniting people, that is the only thing that can overpower all of that other bad thing, all of that other bad stuff. So when there's that much propaganda and that's all you know, that's going to be a reality. That's the world that you're in the, in the glass bubble. That's all you got. That was what it was like living in Havana for a year. You didn't feel it as much as a U.S. Marine, though. I, I didn't. I didn't. But you and witnessed it. I did. I saw it and it was, and we would talk about that a lot. And even speaking with Cubans, I mean, we worked every day alongside Cubans and spoke with them. And some of them, you know, developed, you know, from a distance friendships, you know, you work together, you see coffee, you know, whatever your drivers were Cuban cigars, cigars, good food. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you talk to them and they just say, Oh, anything I would give to go to America. Any, any Cuban. I ever personally spoke with said anything I would give. You're so lucky to be an American. I think so. 
again, I said on Fourth of July because you, you, you heard a lot of people like, "What are we celebrating? All of our freedoms are being impinged." I'm like, "Look, folks, there's a plenty of freedom still left. Even though you went to jail for not wearing a mask, mm-hmm. you had the freedom to leave. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you don't. You know, there's people that like under undervalue even in this environment, undervalue how great it is to be here." Yes. Because you can be somewhere where you don't have this kind of freedom. You can, I mean, dude, look, we're rioting. They're okay with that. We're destroying old statues and, and, and setting up our own cities mm-hmm. in some places. People are allowing it. Like, dude, you know what would happen if you tried this shit in China? Mm-hmm. Like China, they don't allow this shit. No. You you get yourself you get yourself in some serious trouble. You, they can march into your house, take your kids, and leave, and you can't do shit about oh, it. I know. Or even maybe North Korea. Who knows what it's like to live there? North Korea. I've heard some seriously crazy shit about living there. I know. Where when people are visiting mm-hmm. from other countries, they make it look all wonderful, but apparently it's not. They they control food and everything. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'm glad to be an American. I can tell you that. Any, I, I know you are. Yeah, anyone that follows me will know mm-hmm. I'm happy to be an American. Now, I don't like to travel as much as I used to being an American right. because of the press. And again, a lot of people don't like Americans because they say we're loud, obnoxious, entitled. Mm-hmm. But but who? To me, you know, you got to depend on the person, the individual. I know people. From Germany, that are the nicest folks. I, I, I met a dick from Germany once. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean all Germans are dickheads. Right. So let's go on to another thing. So you help companies scale. I get a lot of entrepreneurs that follow the show, mm-hmm. a lot of people running their own business. Mm-hmm. How do people scale their business? What kind of, in- can you give me an example industry? Cause it's the month well, no, because it's the bomb squad and it's everybody. Mm-hmm. Like everybody. I've got you know big companies mm-hmm. and executives and owners and you know all, all kinds of people listen Brand to this show ground up yeah uh, i mean stylist mm-hmm. hairstylist mm-hmm. uh uh i know a lot of construction guys ch- chiropractors doctors mm-hmm. lawyers like it, it it's everybody it's the mixing pot i have american mm-hmm. followers red blood in america and actually i have a lot of uh international followers too people from london people yeah i get the craziest messages from fucking uganda the other day <laughs> this person says dude i listened to every episode i'm i'm like oh yeah where are you from He's, he was from uganda amazing yeah it's like if dude, li- you're listening right now hey <laughs> well that's just crazy that a, yeah. that a podcast can reach that far nowadays oh, technology's yeah. crazy like we're, we're in tighter communication there's more information mm-hmm. than ever before available which blows my mind why there's so many sheep that just listen to whatever the news says the sheeple yeah but i mean i've got people in my family that say well the news said it mm-hmm. i'm like yeah but how do you know the news is telling the truth well that why would the news lie i'm like you gotta understand the people that you see on the news telling mm-hmm. these stories half of them are are reading what they wrote right mm-hmm. not they but somebody else somebody yeah, else you can google all news channels saying the same thing go mm-hmm. go look oh, i've seen it yeah so mm-hmm. it's like listen somebody's writing their copy somebody's telling them what to do you've seen people put on their mask do their broadcast and then take their mask off mm-hmm. and then someone called them out on it and and then they're like well we're we're told to wear masks there's people that get in deep water when there's a flood so it looks like the flood's worse than it is absolutely 
and the and the cameraman's like a foot away and what mm-hmm. doesn't look like very much flood. So am I the only person in the world that sees it? No. no it's propaganda and it is uh, how can we make this look worse than it is or better than it is in order to get ratings and or to drive or prepare for something else. But why but why is ratings oh the the, the floodwaters deep. Why is that more ratings than the floodwaters ankle deep? Exactly. I have no idea. Like tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, it's not that bad out here. There's a few deep areas you know (laughs) but but you know why get in them but anyway so i get a lot of people Mm -hmm. worldwide listening but a lot of them are entrepreneurial scaling how you would scale in any what i always start with is i say what is it exactly that you want to scale do you want to scale your reach do you want to scale your income revenue okay you want to make more money money you want to be monetarily abundant that's right so that comes with starting with what is your mission statement? What is what are your values? What are your core values? What do you stand for? And what problem are you solving? At that point, you want to start a business. We, we need to start there no matter what. Now, are you company facing? You are a very forward facing in the public CEO. You are your brand. Mr. Bradley, the real Bradley dropping bombs. Boom. You're the face of your company. Now, if someone really has a dream to help people, but they're not really a good face, then we need to talk about that. What are you best suited for? Are you a visionary? Are you the idea gal or guy? Let's get your idea down. What if they're, what if they're, not, what if they're not a good face? <laughs> they have a face for radio. <laughs> then, uh, I mean, it just depends on what they're selling. Now, if they're selling, you know, beauty products or if they need to be a hand model, you can't, if you don't have the best hands, I mean, let's, let's find something better alignment, you know? And, uh, but I, I think really, it's what do you want to do as a CEO or an entrepreneur or a doctor or a whatever it is that you are. Determine what that is, how you want to help people, how you want to solve it, and then creating those three things. Your brand, your mission, and your core values. And then going through there and then you find out, are you direct to consumer? Is your product or your service, are you going to go, are we going to talk about, we're going to run ads on Facebook, social media, is it paid ad revenue, we're going to do some target marketing, got a whole team that does that, I have all the teams, I have all the people, and so I'll either do the work for them and I'll do it and they'll contract me or I'll directly refer my people to them, all over, independent contractors, different firms, just depends on how big they want to go. And so when they're, when we determine, are you, are we more made for radio? Do we want to do print? Do we want to do press releases? Do we want to do events? Are you a live event sort of thing? What if they want to ask you, what's your opinion? What's, depending on what they have? Yeah, like who's doing print nowadays? Oh, geez, be, still Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> she does print? She does, a lot of, so beauty products and ad space and magazines is huge. And so there is a demographic that still, especially for skincare and for fashion, it's a thing. Pe- women are and men are still buying up ads to see like, okay, what's in the beauty product? And so a U.S. weekly ad for like a beauty product is going to run you about $25,000 for two or three sentences. And so it depends. When you are when you have them, and I don't know the numbers, but depending on the print, like, you know, Vogue, whatever it is, when you're doing that, if you're in a Muscle Max magazine and you're that model and you won some NPC thing, you're going to get more sponsors. And so it just depends kind of on what you're trying to get out of it and so scaling that way if you're getting more reach you're probably going to get more sponsorships who's your ideal customer uh someone who is passionate and willing to do the work that is required at the end of the tunnel for their dream that's the problem the dream's over here everybody says this is what i want this is what i want to achieve and then when you lay out a plan they don't follow through they're not held accountable they're not passionate and they're not doing the work they like the way it looks 
I like people that stick through me, that I can come in, I can look at the data filing, I can look at the human resources, I, even if it's small, one person team. Let's look at all of it. You got a team, you got a C-suite, you got this. Come in, who are you hiring? Who are you training? What's your training program look like? You know, what are your numbers? You have a good CPA. Let's look at your revenue. Let's look at your ad spend. What are we doing for marketing? Do we need to rebrand? Do we need to get new colors? Do we need to get a new logo, new slogan? What do we got to... So I really love taking the entire concept and also working on leadership as well and saying, listen, you know, are your people happy? Do they love working for you? What's morale like? Do you have coffee? What's what's the vibe? Are people loving coming to work for you? Or are they kind of like, ooh, this sucks being here? So we look at... I look at everything. And so I love... I will work one-on-one just to, you know, maybe just leadership here. Let's revamp the HR here. Let's do this here. That's great. But I love it when I can take all of it, all of it, and just come in and transform it all. So if someone's out there thinking, man, I need this, (laughs) right? You don't even Mm -hmm. charge very much. No. So I operate on retainer like an attorney does. So I'm $250 an hour. But that's kind of cheap for this. Is it? Well, I also do projects. So that would be for something like, hey, I want to rebrand. What are you thinking for my colors? I'm like, oh, let's do like six hours. You know what I mean? So it's like small advice. It's like a consulting fee. But I also have packages. So depending on what it is that they want to do, it's all custom. So there's no no company or CEO or entrepreneurs alike. So they'll call me. We'll do a complimentary 30-minute discovery session. Where do you want to go? Send me your stuff. I do exactly 30 minutes on the phone and 30 minutes off to do research. Then I do a proposal and say, this is what we're probably looking at to get you where you need to be. So you'll do free consultations? Mm-hmm. What, how does someone book those? Instagram, website, I got a contact form, jessicajd.com, DMs, whatever it is, but preferably jessicajd.com. Just make sure you hashtag bomb squad <laughs> so she knows where you came from. Maybe I'll give you all a discount too. Well, whatever, it's free. <laughs> the consultation? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to get your phone blown up for with no. consultations. <laughs> so I'm taking three full-time one-on-one clients. So I just um, had a client that had to move on recently, which opened up because of the hours that we were doing together. That's three more individuals that I can take on, but that's individual. That's not CEO revamping. That's entirely different. So that's personal development, spiritual development, leadership, personal growth. That's the one-on-one. So I have three spots to work with me one-on-one for all of that. So we work on interpersonal communication, habits, fears, deprogramming, childhood, trauma. So anybody who's like stuck and they feel like they can't get out of it, that's what I have open for three. So aside from the business development stuff, the the business development stuff is constantly coming in. But three one-on-one to work with me for that. That's limited. Mm -hmm. And then then you have all the teams. Then we got all the teams. So they help with the business, with, with the one, the three slots that I have that are open for clients right now access to me no one else it's just me one-on-one no teams but I mean, what no if assistance you, what if you determine they need something like a service that you're not an expert at oh of course referrals referrals out but you have all the stuff they might need mm-hmm. i do interesting i do it's hard to it's hard <laughs> to picture you as like you you, you come <laughs> across very like serious when it comes to certain things i'm passionate like the other day i called you Mm-hmm. I forget where we were. You were somewhere with that dude. Oh, and, Tommy? And you were stuck somewhere. Tommy was on my rooftop because yeah. Tommy was, it was a curfew and he couldn't drive. He was yeah. stuck. Yeah, and I was doing a live or something. Yeah. You were, I was, I, I don't remember, but but like I just kept trying to be funny and you just kept, you know, focused. <laughs> very. Like you're very focused when uh-huh. you want to be, aren't you? And I'm silly too, but it's it's like if we talk about my country, if we talk about helping people, if we talk about the things that I'm really like to my heart, like that is what I believe I'm put on the earth to do. You know, that's where I'm like, this is my job. I'm in alignment. 
But I'm also very silly too, and I know that you see that too. So I don't. You don't? I, no. All I see is all I see is focus. Like, like it's always business. Yeah. So so if someone's out there building a business, mm-hmm. do you got any tips for them? Building a business from scratch? Yeah, like you know, maybe they 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 just want more revenue. Like my tip might be, you know, if you want more money, right? Mm-hmm. You have to sell more product or mm-hmm. introduce a new product or sell the same customer more than one thing, mm-hmm. right? So like I'll talk to somebody, find out they they sell this product. And I'm like, well, how how does the sales process go? Mm-hmm. They say it. I say, well, why don't you introduce two more products in that during that same process? Mm-hmm. They do it, and it's like their their income doubles and they're like i didn't even think of adding another product right a a, a complimentary product mm-hmm. or something but just a tip no like those are great for tips the bomb too. squad what would they do if they wanted to generate more revenue in this day and age and where do you see the 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 future going as far as commerce oh good question so i would say amazing tips first Second, I would say my tip to the bomb squad to generate more business and revenue would be to find something that sells itself, something automated in commerce that does the work for you. Your time as a business owner is very valuable. So the idea, man or woman, that's behind it and creating something that when you can make money in your sleep, as you talk about a lot as well, it's like, hey, I go to bed and I make money. Well, what did I create that is going to sell itself? How can I automate that process? How can I recreate myself? And so if you're service-based, webinars, training sessions, record it once and recycle it, revamp it, continue to have those sort of things so that when your individual time is focused on other areas of growth and creating more of that and create it. And so when you can create a product or a training service, anything at all, that while you're sleeping does the work for you and you can re-automate it or maybe even rebrand it, Say, hey, listen, we got this one, but we've added this. Now this is a two-package deal, same thing. So I think that the less that you can spend your hours as a CEO or an entrepreneur or a future business owner doing and have something created that just does it on its own, that's going to be really where the future is. And because especially if this does in fact end up being the new normal and we're not doing events anymore, we're not doing the intimate connecting and the in-person sales and the retail, like what it's looking at might end up going down the road to doing that. It's going to be important to go to e-commerce and to be more online and to be virtual and to be adaptable. So it's going to be an important tip for people to be able to adapt to that, especially if they're in a service-based business. What is the alchemy effect about? The alchemy effect. It is a coaching plan, a program, and it's my book, my book that I wrote. Yes. When's it coming out? So it's written, and the book launch was supposed to have been on March 11th of this year, which was my birthday. I turned 36 on March 11th, but that was also the day that the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic. Wow. (laughs) So I decided to wait. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, so I decided to wait. I thought it would be better to wait and to write about what's going on right now. So while the book is finished, and it has been finished, so personal development, spiritual development, and also kind of an autobiography, so inspirational self-help, basically. Um, That's what the book's about? Yes. So what personal development? Let's start there. Personal development? for Like, what do you mean? So focusing inward and saying, how can I be a better human being, father, daughter, son, mother, spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, worker, human being? Personal development. Mm-hmm. Inward. Looking inward and saying, how can I be a better contribution to the world? And how can I have the best 
life experience on this earth with what I have been given. And then spiritual. Spiritual is exploring everything that is up, down, in between, and below. What do you, what do you, do you believe in God? I believe in God. Which one? All of them. <laughs> is there one or more? Uh, I think that there is one. I think that he, she, it has many different names. But I think that there is one. What's one name? One name. The the all, the everything, God. That's a title. I know. What's a name? There isn't one, really. There is. Is there? What is it? Yep. Well, it depends on who you're ta- asking. Right. But, yes. Well, could be Elohim. <laughs> could be. Could be Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Yahweh. Yahua, there's a number of them. Mm-hmm. I know, but who knows which one's correct, right? What about what was the third one? Personal, spiritual, uh, spiritual. That was it. Just the personal book? spiritual development. That's there's a little it. bit of business. business. I do that, but I do I do a little bit of business stuff. We, I talk about entrepreneurship in the book and how I got started, and a lot of what you and I covered. We touched on that. Yeah, we. But mostly, mostly this is the personal spiritual aspect of. Anyone who feels stuck and they're like, why can't I move forward? Why am I not making the money that I want? Why am I not getting into the shape that I want? Why am I not manifesting the perfect partner that I want? And why is life always keeping me down? Or just even the people that have a great life that are super happy, but they're like, wait a minute, something's missing and I can't quite put my finger on it. That's what this book is about. This book is about finding happiness by going through from the moment that you're born all the way through your life experience, determining the programming, your family, the religion, the outside stimulation, and essentially through the book, you're taking a journey to help wake yourself up, to come out of a sleep, to say, oh my gosh, this is why I believe this. This is why I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was five. It wasn't because I actually wanted to be a veterinarian. It was because that was what I saw. I, I That wasn't actually my want at all. That was society or that was the commercial or that was my teacher or my friend or, or my mom or dad, whatever it might be. So it's, it's as you go on the journey of the book and you're reading it and you're thinking, well, why do I feel the way that I feel? What do I really want? Who am I really? And what have I allowed all of this stimuli and all of this input and data to come in that transformed me into whatever it is that I'm that you're seeing now? What made this and how much of it is really true from my heart and the disalignment of that and not being able to find that, that's what keeps people stuck. Hmm. And where, where, so you're 36. 36. And where's your parents? Mom is in Pueblo West in Colorado Springs and my father passed away due to alcoholism in 2018. Mm, sorry to hear that. Thank you. Appreciate it. It was expected. He was actually sober for 12 years and then relapsed out of nowhere. It took him about a year and a half to take him after we we what we think his first drink you don't really know but um, from what he said it was about a year and a half that he'd been drinking again. So where did you get this all this you know passion from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. People have people have asked me that before. My mom is very passionate. She's playful. She's intelligent. She's you know we grew up like middle class like we had trailer but always had food on the table kind of thing. Trailer, yeah, we were in a trailer, not a trailer park. I was born in trailer park, I think, but we grew up in a double wide trailer in Sydney, Illinois, in a cornfield. My brother and I were bringing like turtles and 
stuff home every day and getting skinned knees and getting lost in cornfields and, you know, like very country. Had car- cows in the pasture, backyard, dad shooting raccoons and whatever off the porch. And uh, that's how we grew up. Damn. Yeah. Four, not- four-wheeling, fishing, hunting. We're plucking peacock feathers out of the, or the peacock, um, pheasant tails plucking yeah i mean my brother grew up had the best child they tried to kill us with fun my parents did so where did this all come from this passion to to find yourself it it came out of nowhere in 2017 i um i was broke i was going through a divorce um married my best friend of 10 years platonic best friend story for another time got married decided if not you then who kind of a thing like we've really tried to make this work i'm 30 you're 35 if not you then i mean you're my best friend let's give it a shot got married fell in love and just didn't work great guy good roommates good never really fought to be honest just what something was missing passion passion you know and um and there there was there's glimmers there's glimpses of it for sure wonderful man wonderful human being still have nothing but love for him but uh, it just didn't work and so when I got divorced, I'm transferring from the military and I'm getting out and now I'm a wife and now I'm homemaking and I'm you know trying to do whatever I thought women were supposed to do, get married and maybe start a family. And something just never really felt right about that life to me. So I was like, well, man, you know, we filed for divorce, got divorced, very clean, very simple, drama free. And uh, I was kind of making my own life because I always had his support with my event planning business. Though it was successful, it was nice to have a, a beautiful, like, supportive husband who could, you know, sort of help with earning the money and help on vacations. And we, we lived a very good life together with both incomes. I was like, man, my business is doing good, but I'm peeling off on my own. This is going to be hard. I went back to working retail. My credit cards were maxed out. I had to sell two of the cars <laughs> I had. And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. What am I going to do? I was miserable. I was lost. I was broke. Uh, Dad was drinking again. Sad about that. He hadn't yet passed. And I'm just like, dang. I'm like, I am so miserable. Like, did I really think freedom was on the other? Maybe I should have just stuck in the marriage. I think he would have been fine if I would have just kept chugging along and just kind of bit my lip and, you know, just stayed married. I wouldn't have to be going through all of this heartache right now and the struggle. And I spent about, I think it was $6,000 on the only credit card I had a balance on. And I flew to Greece. I flew to Santorini, Greece. And I was like, if this ain't going to wake me up, I need, I need, I was spiritually called for the first time. And I went there and there was a woman that was in a room in a, in a suite right next to us, me and my roommate who went at the time. And she said, who wants a tarot reading? And we were like, isn't that like evil? Like, I don't know where's but tarot reading. Tarot card? What do you mean? And she says, who wants a tarot reading? I just meditated and I'm ready and the girl I was supposed to read for isn't coming and do you guys? She's like, you. She picked me. She's like, you. Come with me. I'm like, okay. Takes me up there. Longest story short, at the end of the tarot card reading, she says, you're going to write a book. You're going to help humanity. People are going to be so thankful that you exist in the world. She said, it's going to be a big deal. You're going to talk on some big stages. You're going to do a lot of really cool things for humanity. For humanity, It's going to be big. And she was talking to me. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm over here. I'm like, I, I'm broke. I got no money. What am I going to write? She's like, when was the last time you wrote? I said, when I was 18 in advanced creative writing in high school. She's like, you don't journal? I'm like, nope. She's like, you're going to write a book. You're going to speak. You're going to help the world. And I was like, hmm. 
And then she did some really freaky. She started talking about, oh, well, you have a guy that like follows you. He's like behind your shoulder. That's like a grandpa or a grandma or somebody. It's some, somebody's mom. I was like, oh, no, that's my mentor from high school. That's my ROTC instructor, Joe. I knew who it was, who was the spirit. I was like, oh, my gosh, how did she? Like, I kind of felt him behind me, but I, was all, I would always talk myself out of it. I was like, no, 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 no. There's no way that he would, you know. And so being, that's not the only thing she said. She verified multiple things that there's no possible way that she could have known that weren't on social media, that weren't, she didn't even know who I was, really. And so that sort of opened my eyes to this world of like, wow, there's, there's way more stuff going on in this world that we don't talk about that I've always never, I've never really been a believer of. And I was like, what if she's right? What if I am going to write a book? And she said, you need to start meditating Rule number one, I thought meditation was like for like hippies that did yoga every day. And I just had this, like this vision. I was like, I don't even know how to meditate. I don't even know what that is. And she said, you have to start meditating. You have to start reading self-development. You ha-, And she pointed me in the direction of all of these other books. And that was my journey. That was the start of it. And I manifested a job. I was making upwards of $120,000 a year for a biotech company. Um, got my dream car, Mercedes CLS 550. And it wasn't until my first meditation, probably about a month after Greece, that I started writing my book, just flying on a plane. And first meditation, I thought I did it wrong. It was for like 10 minutes, like, ah, this sucks. I'm done with it. I'm going to just give up. <laughs> and then I, the next day on the plane, popped the laptop open. And instead of doing client emails, that day was the day I opened it up and started writing. The day after my first meditation. And so it's kind of all history from there. And I talk about a lot of this in the book in more detail, but the moment that I opened myself up to the possibility that there actually is something higher and greater than ourselves and we're more important than we give ourselves credit for as far as impact for our life experience and control over our own life experience and influencing others. How long did it take you to write your book? Three years. <laughs> Three years? 2020 was when I finished. Damn. So it was supposed to launch March 11th, as I shared. When's it going to launch now? You know... It doesn't feel done yet. I know that that sounds weird. It's done, but it doesn't feel done because I'm writing about COVID. I'm writing about a lot of what's going on in the world. And so I, I think I'll know when it feels done any day, any minute, any, the cover's done, everything's done, the acknowledgements, everything. Where, where do people order it? JessicaJD.com. So for pre-order, The Alchemy Effect. Just JessicaJD.com. Yes, sir. All righty. Well, folks, <laughs> you heard it here. Now, not to, not to side or i mean change tracks completely but i know that you're very vocal about the covid and the masks and the 5g and all the conspiracy type theory that's going Mm -hmm. on i like your shirt by the way why thank you what do you what do you honestly believe is happening deep down in your own mind like what do you think is happening is it political is q real like what's all the conspiracy boil down to in your mind first question is i think this the first question will lead to the next is q real so for the i think people who follow you you've mentioned QAnon before QAnon. if i'm ever asked hey jess what is QAnon? do you follow QAnon? i follow QAnon, but i'm still not 100 percent sold on QAnon. it's very 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 far-fetched but a lot of what has been shared has come to be it's been true. It's been validated. Q never tells you what to do. They tell you to ask questions. And so that's that's why I, I'm like, hmm, this is a very intriguing movement. This has a lot of relevance 
And the more that you dive into it, the more that you go, there's this, this is possible. Not only is it possible, it's probable. And the more that you're seeing this stuff come out in the media, the more it confirms the potential for this being an actual legitimate movement. And it is. We talked about this a little earlier. It is a legitimate movement. But is somebody actually close to the president controlling it? No one in the media has asked the president, is it real? And so we, we, we don't know. I don't know. The public doesn't know. But there are people who very, very passionately follow this. And I think that no matter what, whether QAnon is actually led by someone close to the president, the slogan it unites people. Where we go one, we go all, right? Is their slogan. It's on your shirt. Love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that is unifying. Where one person who believes that there is potential for truth in this movement, I go with that person too, who believes that there's potential for truth. Do I believe every single thing? How can you? We just don't know, right? Well, do you think JFK is alive? Undecided. I battle with that one. I, I, something in my heart tells me that he is still around. Yeah. It does. It does. It feel like when I say it out loud, I'm like, something tells me he's still here. Yeah. Hmm. Will he show himself? Will he reveal himself? Will he come out? Is he behind the Q movement? I don't know. It's you take an aerial shot of JFK's burial site. It's in the shape of a Q. Isn't that weird? That's you know. Happy coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I Again, I don't know what's real, what's not real. I, I just tell people to question the narrative. That's all I'm saying. Same. I get the hate, and they're like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Dude, look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I also, I've never been told, liked being told what to do. Never. So yeah. when you tell me something like wear a mask, I don't want to wear a mask, but I would if it helped like if i read the box and it says this mask will protect you from covid or protect you from giving it then i'd wear one but it says the opposite so it's like come on people michael rapaport who was in my favorite movie of Mm. all time true romance so one day he dms me on social media you're kidding no (laughs) he says i like your shit i said appreciate it you know this is before i started following him then I look, it says follow back. I'm like, fuck, dude, Rappaport's following me. I, I, I love Rappaport. That's clout. So so I follow him back, and then I start seeing him doing a lot of the fucking, wear your mask, idiot. Wear your fucking mask. He's a big, wear your fucking mask. I got questions, sir. Well, the thing is, is he makes a lot of sense with wear your mask. Like, someone's approaching, put on your mask. Then take it down. What's the fucking problem? Right. And I start to lean like, yeah, I guess I, guess I can see that. And then I just go back to, but it doesn't work. Wear your mask. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't fucking work, people. It, if 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 someone can send me, is listen to this, can send me factual proof that masks work. Not the media. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not proof. Not CNN report. That's not proof. Not fucking all these stupid, you know. And by the way, John Hopkins University, you know, I know study. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. No, that's not a. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for real science, real proof. I would wear one. Mm-hmm. And I suggest everybody else does too. But I'm optional. Like, hey, if you want to wear a mask, you think it helps, wear one. Mm-hmm. If you don't, don't. I don't really care. Like, again, you can come here. You don't need to wear a mask here. Mm-hmm. I don't, you don't, if you wore one, it wouldn't bother me. Right. It's whatever, man. I feel the exact same. I agree with the sentiment. It should be optional. Why? And I would, if, if it truly, like you said, if it worked, I wouldn't fight it. 
if there was proof, I would say, oh my gosh, you're so right. Like, let this is this is good for humanity. This is going to help prevent the spread of a deadly virus. It's deadly, deadly. De- deadly. But um, what uh, what are anyway? That's a whole other conversation. I've been forgotten that. to drop bombs, by the way. Should we drop a bomb? I'll give you one. Oh, thank you, <laughs> folks. If you guys want to uh, attend her national freedom rally event, the schedule is getting created right now you guys should go to either 1776 forever free or jessicajd.com that's right go get her book and if you guys want her to coach you for your business your love your spirituality that's the one i was talking about love you 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 help people with love Mm -hmm. what kind of love like true love like a relationship love platonic friendship romance intimacy we do all of it so i'm a certified neuro-linguistic programming master practitioners what tony robbins does for those of you who aren't familiar and uh so he and i study and geek out on some of the same traits body language the words that you choose in order to communicate with other people and so that transfers into romantic and platonic love and also in business and it, everything what's platonic love like a brother or a sister mm-hmm. non-romantic friendship just you know sibling love i guess family love is different than platonic platonic would just be like i love you brad you know, it's platonic. I, I appreciate you. I value you. But is there such being. a thing? I think so. Yeah. Platonic love? Yeah, absolutely there is. What definition of platonic? Like, was, may I'll, we? May we? Siri, define platonic. Of love or friendship, intimate and affectionate, but not sexual. Do you want to hear the next one? So basically, not sexual is mm-hmm. platonic. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, then there's platonic love. Yeah. By that definition. <laughs> there is. Sure By there that is. definition, there yeah, is. Yeah, like, you know, you love your family. That's you right. don't want to hump them. No, you don't want to hump well. Yeah. Depending on where you live, I guess. But. Yeah, like Arkansas? <laughs> no, but th- then there is platonic love. So so mm-hmm. what are you helping people do? Find it? You're helping people develop it? What are you helping with? So this all goes to, it's all from the heart and inside of it. So I can't help someone find love until we find themselves. And so people that are trying oh (laughs) thank you so when you are trying to manifest anything a job a car a relationship love better sex whatever it is that you're trying to manifest if you haven't looked into the why you want it in the first place what made you want it in the first place and what value you place on that thing technically when you achieve it it's never going to be enough that's where it's always lack mindset what's bigger what's better what's more and so being able to determine what is coming from you your motives and if you're trying to find love my 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 question is let's explore why love is so important to you right now and how do you define love what define love for you let's manifest your perfect partner what do they look like what do they do how do they support you how do they treat you the specificity important it is not not to be confused with being picky or to put so many boundaries in creating somebody that they actually don't exist. Like you don't want to let yourself down by saying, I want to manifest in all of these traits. Having an idea is important. You don't want to be too, too specific, but there are things that you would call a deal breaker. I could never date a smoker. You know, I would want the person that I were manifesting for myself to be ambitious. What if the person you loved became a smoker? Oh, man. That's tough. Pass. Well, because if you love them, you gotta you gotta stick with them, don't you? I know. Well, I mean, what if they became a murderer? I still love them. Where where do you draw the line? Yeah, where do you? So it's like, where, well, where do fell you? out of love with you. You decided to break a couple laws that aren't cool with me. 
What about the best book ever? We'll end it with that. What is the best book ever that you recommend anyone read? That I have ever read. This was actually recommended to me from a friend when I asked them the same exact question. And his recommendation was three magic words. And I can't remember the author. I'll look it up for you. But three magic words spelled up, spelled out just like that. I think it was a uh, '80s, '90s. But um, was I got it. I got it. It it was incredible. And I did the audio version. I was traveling a lot, driving, and so I did the audio. Highly recommend. But um, that unexpected, unexpected, like wow. So three magic words. That's it, folks. You heard it from Jessica JD. I appreciate you coming in, Thank even you, even though you probably should have went home to sleep. You're right, <laughs> but you 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 honor your commitments, sir. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, folks. Follow her at least on Instagram. That's where I hang out at yeah, Jessica dot J dot D. Until next time, kids. Keep it real. Bye. This is dropping bombs with the real Bradley. Subscribe at DroppingBombs.com.